Hey guys, this is Mike, and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. Let's talk about states. This morning, I was looking at Facebook. Um, mainly in the morning, I check out, there's a couple of groups that I'm in on Facebook, and there's a few people, not a lot, there are a few people in these groups that when they post something, I always want to stop and read what they've posted. So I'm excited when I see their names pop up in my notifications and see what they have to say today. Because when they post something, they're writing from the heart and it's really powerful. I always get something from what they're saying. And these are folks that I know study what Neville Goddard is teaching and they know who I am really is. They know who they are and they're confident in that and they share what they're experiencing and their insights with the rest of us. And so I always enjoy those posts. Looking, I look forward to it every morning. So I was doing that. And while I'm on the regular feed of my Facebook, um, on Facebook, there are other posts from people, you know, the typical things. There are some people that you know, post religious stuff or, and then I have people that post anti-religious stuff and then anti-government and government and all these, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You see it every day, all kind of junk posts from people just spewing hate and negativity. And there were a few people I noticed, there were posts from folks that I know listen to Feeling Twisty, or at least they have listened to Feeling Twisty. And I know that they've explored the power of imagination. And I know that they've studied, uh, at least in some way, in some little way, what Neville Goddard teaches about consciousness being the only reality. And I know that. I know at some point they did. And then I see their posts spewing this negativity and hate and i'm just going to give examples you know of the government talking trashing the government or trashing other countries little jabs at immigrants little memes or jokes about that uh, you know about uh, other races and things that at least seem negative to me and when I see these posts, whether I'm talking about, whether it's these wonderful posts from these folks that I mentioned in the beginning, or posts from some others, very few, that are just, it's constantly negative, constantly bashing other people, usually government or countries. And then there are others that post fearful posts, that it's, it may on the surface look like it's positive, they're trying to help. But if you just read the post, you see that it's laced with fear and doubt and hatred. And I see this stuff. And I can tell the state they were in when they wrote that post or when they reshared that post. All of us are in states of consciousness. And I love, that's one of the things I love about Neville Goddard, how he teaches that. That all of us, the I am within all of us, God, individualized, move through states as we're, uh, while we're on this earth, moving through states, and we leave one behind for someone else to occupy. States of fear and doubt, hatred, love, wealth, poverty, all states of consciousness. And one way, if you want to get an idea of what state of consciousness someone is dwelling in, check out their Facebook posts. I think if Neville were alive today, he would do that. Walking the earth, he would certainly say, look at your Facebook posts. That will tell you your state of consciousness, what, what your dwelling place is.
I'm going to start with a quote from uh, Neville in a lecture from 1962. The name of it is Summary, the Eternal Plan. Now, this, I did not have an idea of using this lecture today until I noticed Brian Scott had posted uh, a new video on his YouTube channel. And Brian, he posts a lot of other things, but he also reads Neville Goddard's lectures and then produces them very well with music, and he reads them very well. And it's, uh, I enjoy listening to him, even though in the past I've not been a fan, and I still mainly am not a fan of re listening to other people read Neville's lectures, because uh, I like the way Neville talks, and I get his sense of humor and his uh, cadence when he speaks. You know, I, I hear his voice when I read the lectures that are in print, but not in audio form. So I like to read the lectures myself and then listen to the ones that are available with of his voice himself. So I usually don't listen to other people reading Neville. Just a personal choice. But Brian really does a good job of reading these. So I listened to this one today, and as I'm listening to it, I thought, well, this is perfect. This is a perfect lecture to use in today's episode, considering I'm talking about states. So let me start with uh, the first quote. Uh, and God actually buried himself in these garments, and he's transforming individualizing himself. And by the way, these garments are us. It doesn't matter what the pigment of skin is, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing a quote from the same uh, lecture. The whitest skin, the blackest skin, the yellowest skin, all these are garments that God wears. He actually became man. And may I tell you, these garments, not one is progressive from one to the other. They are eternal parts of the eternal structure of the universe. And God actually buried himself in these garments, and he's transforming, individualizing himself. You say, I am. That's God. But when you say, I am, you have a peculiar, wonderful feeling of individuality about it. Even if you have this very night, you suffer from amnesia, there's still that sense of knowing that I am. It is something that's different from any other presence in the world. That's your individual being, and it's forever. I thought that was a great explanation. You know, we talk about the I amness, the I am. Well, when you think about it, and you just think like what he just said, you just think, I am. And if you kind of contemplate that, get into the silence and just think about that. I am. I am. You notice a difference. There's a feeling that comes about. It's I am. I exist. I am being. And then we place on that conditions. I am being poor. I am being sick. I am being wealthy. I am a wealth creator. I am prosperous. I'm a loving husband. I've got a sexy body. <laughs> I am, and we condition it with anything we want. And I love that explanation of it. It's a simple explanation of the I am within all of us. Each one of us is God, individualized. And forgetting who we really are, we see everyone else as separate and apart from us, and nature being something we're in but not a part of. But Neville says, and I agree with him, that all is consciousness. All is consciousness. 
and that's who we are. But we see ourselves as different and separate. We're different, we're individualized, but we're not separate. Not the color of our skin, that doesn't mean a damn thing. What country we're from, really, <laughs> does not matter. 2020 always says different is better than better, and I agree with them. That's the beauty of this life, this human experience that we have. The differences, it adds texture and nuance to this existence. A little bit of spice, you know, like where I live, we have a lot of Cajun spices because I live near or on the outskirts of Cajun country down in Louisiana. We like to spice things up. Well, that's what all our differences do. What fun would it be if every person was exactly like me? Oh, Lord. I don't think I'd want to be here. <laughs> that would be boring if we were all exactly alike in these garments, right? Even when those folks that study Neville Goddard in these groups, we have different takes on things. And I don't make fun of anybody. Everybody's got a different experience and a different way to see it. And that adds to the beauty of all of this. I savor the flavor of difference. And I'm sure you do too. That would be boring as hell, everything. That would be hell if we were all the same. Homogenous. Bland. Boring. But in this experience, we've forgotten who we really are and bought into these rules. All of these rules we come up with. You've got to do this. You have to go to this type of school and get this type of degree. You, have, you cannot do that. You, can, you have to know about finances to be successful. You have to know about business. You have to be an entrepreneur. You have to get a master's degree. Now you really need a doctorate. You're not smart enough to do that. That You have the wrong shade of skin. You're from what country? No. Get the hell out of here. All of that is a bunch of bull crap. Even thinking that we are meant to die, that our bodies, or you know, I, we used to go to a church where the pastor would talk about that. As soon as we're born, your body starts to die. You're meant to die. Everything decays. And yeah, I get that because that's the way we, you know, the rules we've created here, we bought into that. Everything is meant to age and become frail and weak and die. Why? If anything is possible, and I believe so, the Bible says so, Neville Goddard says so, so many other teachers say so. So either everything is possible or this is just a bunch of BS that I'm talking about. Don't you agree? It's either all possible for everything or this is just a bunch of malarkey. Go about your business. Go back to following the rules. Following conven conventional wisdom. What society says. You can't be gay. You're going to hell. Wow. Fall in line. Lockstep with everybody else. Because that's what society says. Or that's what tradition says. That's what my church says. Who's the church leader? He's a human too. He's God individualized in that garment. He's no different than you. He's not better than you. No one is better or worse. To think that anyone is better 
is judging. You're judging when you put someone above you. Oh, well, they know more than I do. They're better than I am. They're more spiritual than I am. In that moment, you're judging. You might think, no, I'm not. I'm putting, I'm complimenting them. No, but you're judging yourself and you're judging them. You're saying they're more important than you are because they drive a better car or they know more about the power of imagination or they run a country. No, and you're also, you're putting them up and putting yourself down. Judging can only hurt yourself. There's no judgment when you're love, when you're dwelling in a loving state and you really are being love because that's all what God is. In the back of all of these things we make up and we think we are, behind it all is love. And there can be no judgment in love. Not one of us is better than the other. All of us moving through states of consciousness. All of us, like Neville says in this lecture, pilgrims moving through states, leaving one behind for the other, for someone else to occupy. And we've talked about that. Neville teaches it, and I've mentioned it so many times, that how to get into the state of your wish fulfilled, whatever it is you want. In this lecture, he does a really good job of explaining how to notice if you're in the state or not. So I'm going to read a couple of other quotes real quick. How do I know I'm occupying the state of my wish fulfilled? I simply look mentally at my world. And my world that I see mentally should reflect the state I'm occupying. I'm going to stop right there before I go on with the quote. Uh, this come, had, came up in a post a while back, and I talked about this too. When he says that, how do I see my world when I'm mentally looking at it? And how do I see others, and how do they see me mentally? So your inner dialogue, when I think of Kim, how does she see me? How am I imagining her seeing me? Is In my imagination, when I think of her, is she looking at me and treating me the same way she used to in my old state of consciousness? If she is, then I am not dwelling in my preferred state. And let me give you an example. Okay, this is an easy one I think we could all get. Uh, let's say I've moved out of the state of lack, of poverty, being broke. Broke-ass Mike. I moved out of uh, BAM, broke-ass Mike, and now I'm dwelling, and I've moved in imagination into the state of, uh, we'll say Ram, rich-ass Mike. <laughs> okay, I did it. I imagined it. I moved into the state. But when Kim texts me that she's on her way home, What's the, what's, my, what's the instinctual reaction in me? What am I thinking? How am I seeing her see me? Am I imagining her coming home and getting upset with me because I spent too much at the grocery store or that a bill hadn't been paid yet? That instant, my reaction to her name or seeing her text that she's coming home, did I react coming from my old state or did I react from this new state? If my reactions about that particular subject or my reaction to people when I think of them, thinking of me, reacting to me, is no different than I have not moved. Do you see? I hope that made it clear. So Neville says, I, I know I'm occupying the state by looking mentally at my world. And my world that I see mentally should reflect the state I'm occupying. 
If I don't see it reflected on the screen of my mind, I'm not in it. I always have a frame of reference. So look at my friends. Do they see me as they must see me were I the man I would like to be? Well, then, I'm in the state. But bear in mind, you can occupy a state in the twinkle of an eye and get out of that state just as fast. We go through states throughout the day. It's the state we return to the most that becomes our dwelling place. And that takes me to my next quote. So do I find myself returning, say, to the state of love, the state of teaching, the state of affluence, or the state of feeling sorry for myself? There are those who actually all day long, they delight in feeling sorry for themselves. They go out on a job knowing they aren't going to be liked. They know it. So when they are not liked, they wonder what's wrong with the people around about me. They're only reflecting the constant state that I have been occupying. So let's say you have a great program you're selling. And you put it out there, but you're still dwelling from the state of self-pity or lack. And you put it out there and it comes back, nobody's buying into it. Well, I knew they wouldn't anyway. They're not interested. These people are assholes anyway. They don't know a good thing when, they, uh, when it comes across their nose. Well, that's because the state you're in. They're only reflecting your state. And Neville talks about uh, over and over how the frequency, we re- the frequency we return to the state and the naturalness of that state is key. But are, Both are key to experiencing that, manifesting that in this physical world, in our physical experience frequency and naturalness of the state. And in this lecture, I really like how he explains it. How we notice or how, you know, this whole thing about naturalness. He says that if I find myself returning to a state, it feels comfortable. It feels easy. Well, then that's my home, my spiritual home for a moment. And I love the way he explains it right there. And I always, and I, Use his as a re- use him as a reference all the time, talking about the frequency, how often you return to your state of your wish fulfilled, or your preferred state, how often you return, and how natural it feels to you. And I was talking to Dave Breslow uh, recently, and we talked about naturalness, about how you know he asked me why a certain thing wasn't happening, and I said it's not natural to you. That new state has not become natural to you. You're not seeing the world from that state. And this lecture really so easily in that one, two sentences explains what that means, what that naturalness means. And in this lecture before that, he talks about how his apartment is his home right now. And he may travel and may go different cities and lecture, go on vacation, but he returns to that apartment. This is his home. And he's there when he returns home. There's that feeling of comfortableness, that he's home. He's comfortable. And he likens that to this same naturalness of our states, the state we most often return to is our home, our spiritual home, our dwelling place. And just as comfortable as home feels, these new states the more frequently we return to them and inhabit them, it becomes like home. It's our home state. That's that comfortable feeling, the naturalness that I talk about. 
So I'm glad I found that sentence today. Right standing here, this is another quote, I can throw myself into two dozen states in the twinkle of an eye, one after the other, by entertaining a thought, occupying it and feeling it, I'm in the state, but I'm doing it just to experiment, all well and good. If I don't know and I put myself into a state and I remain in it, I'm going to bear its fruit. I am the germ that enters the state as a little germ enters the egg and I fructify it and then it has to bear its fruit. And you can be led around. You know, you react to something. Are you checking uh, right now? Everybody seems to be, you know, a little, a little tense. There's a little tension out there. People uh, checking the status, you know, checking the news. What's the latest on the coronavirus, COVID-19? I've noticed it. I don't go looking for it, but I, I notice it. It's there. I don't hide from it, but I don't let it affect, affect me. But I see it. Everywhere I turn, there's a, an update. And one of my sons is always, every couple hours, here's how many new cases there are. Here's how many new deaths there are. This city shut down. That city shut down. You know, I'm getting status updates from all of these different sources about the, the, what the government's saying, how many more people are sick, how many have died from it. But I'm not letting them lead me by the nose into those states. The Bible says, be in the world, but not of it. Yeah, I'm aware of that stuff going on. I'm not going to deny that. It's there. But I'm not going to be dragged into the state. Has that happened to you? You've noticed a news update? Yep. And more deaths or maybe more restrictions being placed on your city and your heart kind of speeds up. And you, you know, a couple hours later, you realize, oh crap, I just got hooked into this and I'm wall flopping around in this unlovely state of panic and fear and doubt. You know, I grew up fishing in the Gulf with my dad. And, you know, he taught me how to set the hook. And we had, the fish, we would go bottom fishing. Uh, not, well, and uh, not always, not just bottom fishing. We'd go out in the Gulf and fish for the really big fish. And we would troll with the, you know, set the lines out and run the boat slowly between the oil rigs to catch the big fish. But I liked to, when we would stop and just stay still in the water and just drop our lines down. But that tug, you know, you, this fish comes along. Oh, that's yummy. Let me take a look at that. And bites down on the hook. Got it. Reel them in. And now he, that fish, these red snappers that I used to catch and trigger fish and all these different things, flopping around on our deck, suffocating from the lack of water because they got reeled in by, the, by me. And that's the same thing we do with these states. We see a news update. We hear something from somebody. And then we immediately bite down on it and it's got us being dragged into that state. And here we are, we find ourselves, well, actually we're not being dragged into it. We get hooked by it and then we, we don't even let the person reel us in and we just jump on in the boat. Hey, don't, don't bother. Let me just climb on in for you. Save yourself the energy. Let me get in this state with you of panic and fear and doubt of illness and poor health, of poverty. If you let the news updates or your neighbor's negativity hook you and reel you into their state, you can get out of it. But you can't until you notice it. 
How are you reacting now to your family and the world? What are you feeling when you hear a news update and hear something about the, the virus going on or the economy? You still feel the hook in your mouth or have you worked it out? It slipped right back into the water, right back into the living waters within you. Just like I would let the trigger fish go. We never liked to catch trigger fish. I, well, personally I did, but my dad told me I didn't. We, I wasn't supposed to like it because they were nuisance fish. I just like to catch fish. And I would let them back in, take the hook out and let them back in the water, in the salty gulf water. And that's what we do when we notice we're in an unlovely state. Go within, move back, just as easily as that fish gets back into the water. We slip into the silence, into the stillness, and let go of all these unlovely states, all the states that we are inhabiting. We take them off. And then these, this living water, this I amness, who we really are, we can move from there into the chosen state, into the state we want to inhabit, occupy. You can't be in a state of fear and say you're dwelling in a state of security. You can't tell me that you're dwelling in a state of love but then post hateful things on Facebook or say hateful things to people or make fun of people. You can't be dwelling in a state of wealth or financial freedom, and, but then have reactions that constantly indicate you're in a state of poverty or a state of lack. The Bible says a house divided, uh, I'm not quoting exactly right, but a house divided upon itself will crumble. It also says that you cannot serve two masters. I believe that's talking about states of consciousness. You can't be dwelling in a state of loved and loving husband or wife, but then desperately stalking the person you say you're in love with on Facebook and Instagram and wondering why they blocked you from texting them. I could tell you why they blocked you because you're desperate. Desperation only brings about more things about which to be desperate. You cannot experience love if you're desperate for it because that's indicating to yourself, your true self, that you're not dwelling in a state of love. You can't be in a state of wealth or fee uh, I was going to say feeling twisty. You can't be in a state of financial freedom. And then go back to the old way of reacting to everything that indicates you're not financially free yet. And I talk to people all the time that say, but I'm not seeing it. I'm, I'm imagining it. I'm believing it. I'm not seeing it. Okay, keep believing it. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four, whatever you ask for in prayer. Remember, ask means to claim it. Stake your claim. Plant the flag. Occupy the land. Whatever you claim in imagination, whatever you occupy in imagination, continue believing that you have it. Continue, which is an ongoing belief, a knowing that you're having it already. You're already experiencing it, comma, and you will, the Bible says. So persist in the assumption that your wish is fulfilled and continue seeing the world from that state of consciousness. And I can tell you 
the best way to figure out if you're in that state or not is how are you reacting to folks? When you think of someone in your life and in your imagination, they're reacting to you or saying crap to you that they used to say, dwelling in your unlovely state. And if it's all the same mentally, if all the stuff, the inner dialogue has never changed, you are not dwelling in the new state. You're not. Yeah, you might have a reaction sometimes, but like Neville says, it's the frequency how often you get back into the state. Just like Neville talks about his apartment. He has an apartment, that's his home. But sometimes, some years he was out a lot on lecture tours or vacations. But he frequently returned to the apartment more, I mean, it was more frequently there than anywhere else. That was his home. So it's the place, the state of consciousness you most frequently return to is your dwelling place. That's your home. So when you look out through the windows of your home, what are you seeing? Are you reacting differently to the dog poo in the backyard? <laughs> All right, guys, that's good for today. Shoot me an email. Let me know what's going on in your life. You have any questions or a topic you want me to talk about? Feelingtwisty at gmail.com. I love you. This is Feeling Twisty.